Farrell, frontman, James Addiction, Porno for Pyros. Welcome. Thank you. Nice to be here. So we're talking about your new concert series, Heaven After Dark, but this is more than just a showcase for talent and newcomers. Talk about that for a moment. Well, I mean, it certainly is a showcase for emerging uh, artists. We're beginning the series here in Los Angeles um, where, gosh, I cut my teeth uh, learning a about uh, entertaining people and performing in front of people, starting with um, my first show was at Okie Dogs. It was like five, five people there, it was like our friends. But it was, it's Hollywood, you know? And so just got right into the, the stream of uh, performing and, and d- developing our trade over the, I guess I've been performing in Los Angeles for close to 40 years now. So what I've noticed is it, it had its heyday and it was an amazing time. My brother uh, came here from New York back in the 60s. He would walk the Sunset Strip and go into the Whiskey and the Roxy barefoot. And the, the roads were closed because all the hippies would just kind of Cross Sunset Boulevard, going to Duck Soup and everything. And when I came up, which was the 80s, all that had really kind of gone away, really. And it was it was the um, downtown Silver Lake scene was just beginning. It wasn't even called hipster then. You know, we just kind of looked at it like we were on the outskirts, but we had some good, dirty fun down by the LA River, downtown Los Angeles, and then we moved it out into the desert. And uh, that was the, the um, early years of informing myself about bigger crowds and what audiences um, were interested in coming, coming out, you know? We've, we've had two years of being in and it has caused all kind of emotional problems for people, depression, aside from the health hazards of COVID, but it's led us to some really bad mental illnesses as well. Now we're, we've been watching um, the data and it's finally taking a dive. It's finally looking like we're gonna knock it out, you know? But we're still in the ring fighting it, but we see it as, oh, it's like almost like at a standing eight count now. But we want to get people back out into the sunshine. It's time for it. And and I'm not talking about the meta universe. I'm talking about the real universe. That's where we're going. So is this is this concert series to to you know kind of let people be able to breathe and get out of the house and enjoy themselves, or is it more for the, the the artist? Is it more for helping out those who are trying to make it in this industry? It's completely cyclical. So yeah, it's for the artist. Yeah, it's for the uh, audience. Yeah, it's for the artist. Yeah, it's for the audience. We need each other. So what you're going to learn about the meta universe is. It doesn't include real touch, real eye-to-eye contact. You know, we all know by now that babies die when they're not touched by by, uh, 
human touch within weeks. Um, we all should know by now that there's no communication better than face-to-face -face eye communication, reading the person, reading the room. You know, that's the number one way to fight fake news and fake information is to show up and like, let's hear it. Let's see it. Now, right? so is that why you're bringing in the seven realms? Well, yeah, I don't want to talk about the realms as only seven because seven are, you know, you can find seven realms of heaven in um, teachings of Islam. You can find teachings of seven realms, uh, Gnostics. But I reckon, you know, the understanding for human understanding, sure, you know, start with that concept of seven. Seven is an ideal number, and it's a beautiful number if you can reach it. But I reckon there's probably, you know, in, re in reality, the universe is so multidimensional that you can not even, you couldn't count the dimensions, nor could you ever understand the dimensions. So for the time being, I just want to call them realms and just know that I know that we can consciously raise our level of, of, of awareness and, and our uh, sense of bliss and joy. And you can do it through meditation, you can do it through prayer, and you can do it through music. I knew that was coming, do it through music. <laughs> <laughs> you find uh, a lot of people at these uh, festivals sort of tap into that sort of alignment when they're sort of unknowingly while they're jiving to the music and, and you can sort of see that happening for them? I've been, I've been very sick, you know? And then I wanted to get myself better, really wanted to get myself better. So I made the strong decision to do it. And, and I'm telling you, there's moments that I was on my climb back into health and what got me there. And I actually literally climbed, began to climb mountains. So I got off my deathbed and I started to climb mountains with with earplugs and music, you know, in my pocket. And I would climb the mountain, I climbed the mountain and I was weightless, I had no pain while I listened to good music. What are you listening to in that moment? Honestly, I was listening to, <clears throat> so we just came out with a box set called The Glitz, The Glamour. And I do a lot of collaborations with amazing house producers. So, you know, I would give them voice and sometimes I reach into my, my, um, my publishing, you know, all the songs that I've written and just say, this is a song that I love. Could you, you know, remix it and do what you want with it? So it's very meditative and minimal. So it's not, you know, sometimes when you're trying to heal, you know, bombastic sound isn't exactly what you need, but you need meditative, positive things that will stimulate certain um, parts of your brain that will make you feel better. So in this case, yeah, it was um, house producers, um, Maceoplex or um, um, uh, Victor Ruiz or Hyper, there, you know, there's, uh, 
there's amazing people globally. And so I have, I have friends that are always bringing me beautiful, you know, young emerging producers. And then I collaborate with them. So I was listening to their, you know, really their music, but I was a little bit on there, but man, it was nice. I want to keep it going. You know, I want to uh, talk about for a moment when you have when you hold this Heaven After Dark series, you're going to be performing with the, the Kind Heaven Orchestra. Uh, and I know from the past when you first emerged with this band that there's been some heavy hitters. I mean, you've had Taylor Hawkins on drums, you've had Matt Chamberlain on drums. Mm-hmm. What are we going to see at this event on the Blas- at the Blasco on the 17th? Well, there's two emerging um, young groups to start the night off with. One is uh, nice, but they spell it N-I-I-S-E. And um, they're reminiscent, I think they're reminiscent of, do you remember the Avengers? They were, I think they were up around Oakland, San Francisco area, around the time of X and the Go-Go's, like that period in Los Angeles, but they were, or like Dead Kennedys. Is Is it punk? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but really good. And then um, they're led by a girl and she's really tough, but really pretty. So that's cool. And then, you know, it's like guys and girls in the group. So that's also awesome. Well, speaking of guys and girls in the group, I mean, what's the dynamic like when you're performing with your wife, Eddie? Well, um, yeah, man, it gets sensual. I mean, I, we've got um, in bad fights on the tours, you know, before and then, but we noticed that when we get on the stage, all of a sudden it's, it's possible that we can make up, you know? So that's, that's nice. And then the other thing about it is there's such strength that you gain when you have your, your partner, your life partner, if, if her head is in the game or his head is in the game, the same way as you, it's like you're on a team fighting for some kind of a championship or at least a, a victory in life. So I can look over to her like, like Kareem look over to Magic. That's good. I like the analogy. <laughs> Yeah, um, I was going to ask you, you go back a little way um, to the uh, Porno for Pyros era. My favorite, one of my favorite albums is Good God's Urge. And uh, there's a song on there called Freeway. And I've always wanted to ask you this question is uh, um, the line, she's taking trips on me, I'm taking trips on her. Yeah. I mean, I love that song so much. I love that section with the weird sounds going, wah, 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 going in the background. Yeah. It's such a good track, man. Um, can you tell me about that track? Anything you can remember about that, that track, the meaning of it? Sure. So, you know, you have to understand this was a long time ago. Um, What can I tell you that I'm not going to hurt people is, yeah, at that time we were doing lots of naughty stuff in a car and, and it was very exciting. Like we were going for it in a car. It was pouring rain. You know how it is when you're driving in a car in the pouring rain, it almost is like there's curtains around you because you can't quite see in there. 
the water's hitting it so hard and the windshield wipers are going like that. And it's almost like there's people, it's almost like there's dancers in front of you, curtains on the side of you. And, um, um, you know, it was a very exciting moment. So I just decided, let's do this. <laughs> <Awesome>. <laughs> enough said yeah. love it uh speaking of your your other band jane's addiction i mean you guys you know over the past at least 10 years you've been touring regularly i mean you just had a tour in 2021 2017 you've been playing festivals you just played redondo beach beef life beach life festival but it's been what 11 years since your last album is there something new with this group well yeah with with kind of an orchestra I record during the week, three, at least three times during the week. So there's so much music coming out, but you see, I'm not on a major label. It's all in house. And although we do, we do very well for um, an individual who's putting his own music out. Um, most of the music you will find it on like um, digital, digital uh, house music sites. You know, you'll still find it on um, Spotify. You find it on everything, but um, what was your question again? I'm I want to know, is there new Jeans Addiction music oh, coming out? <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, there, there's a plan to come out with some new Jane's music this year. And I can't say we've, we've gotten in the studio yet, but there is, uh, there is a design. One thing I would say about it all is, I know that people are very interested to hear Jane's music and they want Jane's music and I, I wanna give them Jane's music. We've all gotten closer than we've ever been. Um, but I was thinking back about we don't have that much material as a group that's been around for 35 some years, but I don't mind it so much because at least people just didn't get, um, I want to say too used to it. They want it, they want, they want to hear it. And, you know, sometimes by being slightly aloof, not, not exactly by design, but, kind of by design too. I mean, there's a, there was always something in the back of my mind that says, take your time with it. Don't be in a giant hurry, you know, go at your own pace because the people know that when it finally happens, that it's, it's genuine. It, in mm. other words, like we're making, we're making songs. It's just time to do it. That's all. It's not some, um, it's not some business or corporation that's trying to, you know, maintain its, its, uh, you know, its, uh, its earnings. This about is that, really, that Perry, uh, you're uh, talking about uh, being genuine and you've always been a very genuine artist. You've never been a pop sellout guy. And I really respect that. Um, you know, people really love and respect and revere you and what sort of, what is it about your personality that gives you such sort of supernatural rapport or favor with people? Is it because you help a lot of people by being genuine or, or do they find that refreshingly magnetizing? <laughs> yeah. 
Let me think about that. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, um, when you're entertaining people, you want you want to entertain more and more and more and more. And so really, you're trying to get a party where together where everybody, I mean, the best parties are like the best palettes. You don't only have one color. You have all the colors that you want. You don't have to use them all. But I, I use that analogy with people. So, you know, you want everybody, it would be amazing to see everybody come to a party. Like I'd even like to see radical right people just go, I'm going, the music's good. I'm not gonna f with anybody because, sorry about that guys. Um, but because I just don't feel like it. I think that one day that sentiment, that hatred of, of uh, brotherly hatred, I think that we're gonna evolve above it. And I think I see it now. I think I see the, the world really is coming together it's just, um, and you can see it even on the internet. I'll even give the internet some credit. You can see it because we pass around as much as your, your bunk information is there. There's also good information that you can learn and you can see that people are really trying. They're really trying to unify. They're really trying um, to expose some of the, those old stale tricks that people have used for far too long and we get to see it and read about it right away so the internet is doing some good things too um but yeah to answer your question i just want to see everybody there and i want them to all be digging it and grooving and then they can see that life is worth living and it's really a party it can be a joy you know, I want to go back a little bit and talk about your earliest inspiration. Um, you know, you've been on record as, you know, obviously saying, you know, you, you listened to the Stones growing up and you were a huge Beatles fan. Um, when you look at the evolution of music, yours in particular, here you are telling us that you're listening to house remixes of what of what you've put out. Do you feel like if a guy like John Lennon was alive today that he'd be yeah. that evolved as well when it comes to music? Yeah, no doubt. Because um, I knew Hendrix was working with Gil Scott Heron. He was working on like poetry records with Gil Scott Heron at, at the time of his death. I know that Jim Morrison would say to people that the future of music is going to be it's going to be really electronic, and you know where he was going with his poetry. Mm. So, you know, um, I think you know if you listen to let's say Bowie. Um, his last record, Black Star, it was jazz with, uh, you know, poetry, electronics. So, you know, if you follow, if you follow the progress of music itself, it coincides and collides with technology because we as musicians, I mean, I first got into electronic music because when I first heard it, I really wanted to know how they made that sound. So they were taking a sound 
and generating it through synthesizer. And what you do is you can take one sound or an impulse and then you can start manipulating it. So if it's one thing going, ooh, you can make it go, ooh, 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 like that. It's just one impulse, one plug into another. And so I was so excited by that. It was a little different than what I was involved with at the time, which was I was coming from this, my first group, Psycom, and it was post-punk, goth, metal, you know, that's what it was. I don't know. So, so when you have like a creative vision, like you're talking about technology, but when you sort of conceive of a creative vision for an album, um, how do you carry that vision through to the end personally? Like how, how do you hold on to the vision that you have so that it transpires? Like, is there a challenge to holding on to that original thing to see the album come yeah. to that? Yeah. So, I've been through some yeah. very hard challenges. I lost Lollapalooza twice. I lost it once around 98, just because, like I said, there was a lot of imitating, imitating festivals. They became competing. And then, then I had to decide, do I want to get into sponsorship or keep it pure? And then I would get outbidded by, you know, people. That was the first time. Then the next time, I got shut down by Clear Channel because I was working with George Soros on an idea to try to elect a certain candidate. And the other side was like, oh, they, they can't play in here. So they shut me down. And I had a fight to revive that twice. It's like being knocked down twice in a fight. Do you look at Lollapalooza as like your child? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, where it is now is we're now in, I think, seven countries. And, and you know, um, I would like to keep going. Because what it, what it means to me is that if the world accepts contemporary music, wherever they can um, want to hear the sound, they want the art, they want the, the music, they want the discourse. To me, that's that's making the world go around. So with the festivals and sort of bringing it back to the Beatles here, um, when you see guys like the Beatles in their solo capacity, like George Harrison per se, doing the concert for Bangladesh, yeah. does that sort of inspire you as a sort of festival pioneer yourself, like that he did something for charity like that and used a festival to do it? Yeah. When I was a little kid, I listened to that record over and over. A couple of numbers from Leon. Out would come <laughs> Russell. Russell, yeah. And then Ringo did, what you say you do if you want to sing the blues. I love that yes. song. So yeah, when I was a little kid, I heard that record and I dug that vibe and where George Harrison is coming from. George Harrison is one of the greatest musicians ever. And I might say, well, I'm not going to say he was the greatest rock guitarist, but I would absolutely say he's, he's number one or two as the most underranked mm. 
rock guitars. Melodic slide. Is melodic, and, but also rock, man. The early Beatles had a lot more rock. And as it got, as it evolved, like it should, it got more into uh, mature arrangements and compositions, but, but George Harrison was just perfect in his delivery and um, leaving room, not taking it over, but yet announcement, announcing, here's the rock. So what do the Beatles mean to you today? Do they continue to, do you think about them like in this era? Yeah, do they do you still continue turn to, to them, inspire you? Yeah, do, they, do you still turn to them for inspiration? Yeah, yeah. So I'm going to, you know, I go to John Lennon uh, for a moment. You know, I was, I was thinking about George Harrison a lot. My kids are both musicians now. So it's really awesome. We talk about music and we inspire each other. And so, you know, one of our inspirations is John Lennon, the Beatles, you know, certainly, but specifically in this conversation, I want us to talk about John Lennon's um, partnership with Yoko, I think is, is so interesting and beautiful, creative and um, inspiring. So yeah. yeah, I think about John often and yeah, man, listen, it, it's impossible to not go to them when you're trying to think about where you're going to go personally. You have to start with the giants and the best ones because that's where you're going to get the best advice, you know, yeah. uh, inspiration-wise, inspiration speaking. You're, you're going to get the best advice from the greatest. And when you, have, when you have kids that are listening to that stuff, I mean, they're – they're finding it through most likely their parents. So how exactly do you introduce it to them? Oh, so we go record shop and um, they, you know, they're playing music all over the house like all day long. When you record shop, are you picking out albums for them and saying, Hey, you should listen to I'm this or? My own records. They're picking their own records and they're picking crazy, crazy <laughs> stuff like Eric Satie and John Cage, Brian Eno. And they're turning me on to great stuff. Schubert, I've recently got into. Wow. Yeah, like they're, they're choices. And they're in love with the Velvet Underground, Bob Dylan, like all the right stuff. They got the right jeans. Huh? They got the right jeans, man. Yeah. Yeah, no, I'm psyched about it. I was, when they were really little, they were listening to crappy music. And I was thinking to myself, oh, no. I can't Did you try and steer them away from that, or do you kind of just let them do that themselves? You cannot, you cannot uh, exactly do that because they're liking it. But what you can do is, have you? That's cool. Do you ever hear this? Yeah. And then they say, yeah. Then they go into it, and you know, um, I like to say, you know, you might not think your kids are listening to you, but they listen to every word. Mm. you got to back up everything though so that's uh, that's cool well perry i i just have one final question we're gonna let you go um you talk about founding Lollapalooza. i mean many people even credit you with the with the resurgence of coachella when you do things like this you're kind of considered a troubadour in the industry 
for what you're doing for the new uh, concert series for Heaven After After Dark, is this a vision you have? Is there an end game here? Are you, are you looking, is, is there a goal that's attainable? Are you just flying by the seat of your pants and just wanting to have fun? No, I was flying by the seat of my pants for the first, I've been working on this for at least 10 years. Wow. Yeah. Starting that's, that's with humble patience, that is. Concept, and I wanted it to be immersive theater. Mm. So I was very close. Um, you know, we were almost going to be out in Las Vegas, COVID hit. And I pulled the money out of there because I would have lost my life savings within like the first year with all the overhead and everything. So why choose the Belasco? Because you know what? I was actually saved by a, 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 an act of God when, when um, the virus hit, it caused me to, to uh, look at what I was doing. I was flying by the seat of my pants. Um, you have to start, when you start things, I like the way God does it. He starts it with seeds. Yeah. So you have to start it with seeds rather than, you know, uh, trying to think you're going to be an oak like that. It just, it, 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 it has to go through a series of, you know, yes, struggle, strife. So then you, you really, uh, you establish roots and you learn, but you, you don't die. You learn how to take on storms. You become stronger by those storms. So that you can sort of own it. Yeah. yeah. So it has to start small. So the perfect place is the Velasco Theater's 1926 room. I know there's been talk about the 1920s revival, the roaring 20s and everything. So here's this 1926 room. It's only 300 or 400 people can get in, um, but we're going to begin. And it really feels good. I'm getting meet the, you know, the young emerging artists. And also we have um, Exine Cervenka from the group X is going to be there. She was at the first show that I put on for Jane's Addiction. She just happened to show up because she was um, Bob Forrest. You guys might know who Bob Forrest is. He's now gone on to prominence as a, um, I'll call it a drug counselor, but a life, life, life coach. People that are specifically coming out of uh, addictions, different addictions. But um, anyway, he was in Felonious Monster at the time and they were performing with us. I put on a show somewhere downtown um, and he brought Exine. So I thought, okay, man, we're gonna do this first one. I'm gonna invite Exine and I did and we talked yesterday. So she's gonna be there and I told her about there's girl groups that are gonna be there. One sounds a little bit like the Go-Go's, what they call dirty surf guitar. <laughs> Self-describe themselves, dirty surf pop guitar. And then the other one, as I told you, is like the Avengers. So she's kind of into it. Oh, Perry, man, appreciate uh, picking your brain here, talking to you. Thank you so much. Yeah. Um, don't forget, you can uh, get tickets to Heaven After Dark uh, by going through LiveNation.com. Uh, it'll take place February 17th at the Belasco Theater downtown. 
And when you do that Live Nation search, you have to do your Kind Heaven Orchestra search. You can't do Heaven After Dark. Oh, really? You, you, you do Perry Farrell, uh, Kind Heaven Orchestra, and then you'll find the event. Oh, okay. Thank you for telling me that. <laughs> I'm telling everybody else at home, too. <laughs> Perry, thank you so much. Appreciate everything. Thanks, Perry. Thank you. Great to meet you. So long, guys. All right.